If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. And I want to make one clarifier from my wife's announcement that we're taking December off. We're going to still be here. <laughs> we're going, are we not having church? What we do during the holiday season, we give those that work and serve a break from ministry. In our church, if you sign up to help, it doesn't mean you're helping until the rapture. We schedule breaks and uh, semesters. But in December, after that first Wednesday night, we don't have midweek service. We believe that this Christian walk and this Christian ministry is a marathon, not a sprint. And we take time, we take time like that. And in the summer to recharge and regroup. And we believe we do better in the 10 months, healthy and whole, than in the 12 months, not missing a service. So on Wednesday nights after our, I think it's the first Wednesday night, you'll see it in the announcements. Then we take that off so that we can spend time with our families. And I want to tell you as one, and I know I'm speaking for teachers and workers, we enjoy that too. Just like we enjoy God's house, we enjoy time with our babies and with our family. All right. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Would you stand with me one more time for the reading of God's word? And I won't ask you to stand again. If the preaching's real good and you want to stand, that's okay, but you can... You don't have to. No one's going to call you out for not standing. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters and spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither cease from yielding fruit. Look at verse 8. The one that trusteth in the Lord shall be as a tree planted by the waters. Father, I just pray in the next few moments that you would give me the capacity to clearly articulate your word in such a way that it would reach the very fabric of who we are. Without your anointing, O Lord, uh, nothing will come from this. It's just man's idea reaching man's mind, coming of, becoming no, of no fruit. But O Lord, if you anoint me this morning, you know your word is quick and powerful. And it's able to uh, engraft itself to our soul and change us, change the way we think, which will change the way we act, which will change the environment around us. And I thank you in advance for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We are described in the Bible, we who are Christians, as many things. We're servants, we're sons, we're joint heirs. We're ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're emissaries. We're disciples. Uh, But one of the other characterizations is not often talked about because it's just stated and we just look at the surface of it as if there's not a lot more to it, is that we're trees. Trees planted by the Lord. In this verse, let me do this very quickly. Let me just read through these. When it says you were a tree planted, that refers to you not being born again of your own will or volition. You being saved was not your idea. It was God's idea. In the same way we plant a tree, that tree does not decide to plant itself. You were a plant. You were a byproduct of God's decision, God's purpose. We were planted on top of what we need. It said the tree was planted by the waters. 
God knows everything you need for life and godliness. And he's given you that through the relationship with Jesus Christ. It speaks of roots that spread out by the river. And your roots should be expanding. Who you are should be expanding into the ground of who God is. And with a healthy root system, you have the capacity to endure incredible heat, trial, and difficulty, or drought. The Bible says, and you shall not see when the heat cometh. Which means, it's not that you won't see it, but it won't have a verse effect upon you. Your life and health is an advertisement to others of the life of God in you. It says, your leaf shall be green. Life happens to you just like it happens to other people. But we perpetually have something. We're supposed to have something in us that makes its way to our countenance. That others can look upon us and notice that we've been with Jesus. Our leaf shall be green. We are to live without fear. It says, and you will not be careful in the year of drought. We know that drought comes. We know that difficulty comes. We know that pain comes. We're no strangers to disappointment and disillusionment. But we're not careful about it. We're not shutting our doors and pulling our blinds, afraid of what's going to come tomorrow. We as Christians know that our life is hid in Christ with God. And our steps are ordered of the Lord. And whatever is scheduled for tomorrow, God is scheduled with it and for us. With us and for us. And we are to consistently bear fruit in the proper seasons. It said, neither shall you cease from yielding fruit. Life's variety is found in our many different expressions. As trees, keep the context of trees. Life's variety is found in our many different expressions. You have the beauty of a live oak. And then you have a ginkgo tree. Don't you just love ginkgo trees in the fall? Somebody says, what's a ginkgo? Google it. Look up Google Images. You'll see. They're just breathtakingly beautiful. And all of us are different like trees. But we're similar Life's beauty is found in our colors. Life's lessons are found in our seasons. Life's purpose is found in our fruit. Life's joy. Oh, I wish some of you would get this. Been Christians for years and you still don't get this. Life's joy is found in the shade that you provide for other people. You come alive when you do something for somebody else, expecting nothing in return. You are never more like Jesus than when you do something for somebody that can't pay you back. And trees, look a little, go a little deeper. Trees don't create shade in the moment. There's shade and room in its branches all along for whoever might pass by. We're not generating good works because Pastor John said we're taking an offering. We are filled with good works, and that's just one opportunity to do what we've already been doing all week long. You find your joys in the shade that you provide for others. And life's secret and longevity is found in your roots. If you're taking notes, write this down. As your roots go, and I'm not talking about that hair do you just got. As the roots go, so goes the tree. I really want you to write that down. As the roots go, so goes the tree. The tree will never be anything that the roots are not. The tree will never be anything that the roots are not. And I know I've spent a lot of time on introduction, but give me just a little bit more and I'll go through the points quickly. 
every tree, or a tree, I'm sorry, every tree cannot produce contrary to its root. Pecan trees can't grow apples. See a pecan tree out in the field. What's it look like? Looks like pecans. Roots that are man-made produce man-made fruit. There's a widespread religion today that's without Christ, without the shed blood of Jesus Christ, without the acknowledgement of sin and the depravity of man, and that religion produces Christless fruit. Apple trees produce apples, orange trees produce oranges, man-made root systems, whether they're religious or not, produce man-made fruit, and a Christian root, the root of Jesse, Jesus Christ the Lord, produces Christ-like fruit. God has an expectation of every tree he plants. Do you remember the story in Matthew 21 where Jesus came upon the fig tree and its leaves were speaking that fruit was available and he looked for the fruit and couldn't find any and then he cursed the tree. And the next day they come back and they saw it withered up at the root and they marveled at how quickly the tree was withered up. Jesus said, don't let that impress you. That's a, that's a natural thing. You've not seen anything yet. But the, the, there's, a, there's a secondary message, not only of Jesus' power over nature and the world, his power over you. And when our life tells other people, we go to church, we got the ichthus on our car, we name the name of Christ. And when Christ comes looking into our lives, he's expecting to see goods on the limbs of our profession. We don't perform in the moment. We exist in the now. And he ought to be able to come through your life and find kindness and goodness and gentleness and meekness and self-control and righteousness. Don't tell me you people that name the name of Jesus just as mean as the devil. Well, I just, I'm just keeping it real. No, you're mean. And if your mama didn't tell you and your daddy didn't tell you and your spouse won't tell you, let me be the one to tell you, if you are an unkind person, you are the opposite of who Jesus Christ the Lord is. Just thought I'd throw that out there for free. God is patient with us, but there's a limit. And he'll judge a tree that constantly professes and never possesses what it professes. Jesus said in one of the parables of that tree that he cultivated and cultivated and cultivated, and it didn't bring forth He said, let me have one more year, the man said, and I'll dig about it and fertilize it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if if not after that, I'll cut it down. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just asking you, where are you in that stage? Does God keep looking at your life year after year? And this is the year our family is going to be committed to God and God's house. This is the year we're going to be faithful in our resources. This is the year I'm going to get out of the chair and into the field working for the Lord and God keeps fertilizing and giving you goodness and goodness and we're just a tree filled with color and no fruit. God judges trees. Now, we're not talking about works salvation. None of my works give me salvation, but if I have salvation, then works ought to flow naturally from my life. That's why we don't use guilt here. 
Will you work with the babies? Who will take care of the babies? Will you volunteer? If you don't, they'll go straight to hell. Are you willing for the baby to go to hell? You're like, I'll go. I'll just wash it. Here's what I figure. If you're an apple tree, you ought to have apples. And if we don't have apples, just close the whole thing down. If I've got to guilt you into being a tree planted of the Lord, then I've got to continue that guilt or appreciation afterwards. If I've got to guilt you to get you in, I've got to appreciate you to keep you going. And trees don't need nothing but space. Give me space and I'll worship him. Give me space and I'll serve him. All I did was give an opportunity. And I'll tell you by experience, several thousand dollars came in to go overseas. Tree said, just give me space and I'll make it happen. And you're a tree. You're either a good one or a bad one. You're either a well one or a sick one. And you're either a professor or a possessor of what you're supposed to have. Now my sermon. It'll be about that long, but it's in two parts today, okay? If you're taking notes, number one, we're going to talk about roots this morning. Our roots are the most important part of who we are. Your roots are the most important part of who you are. Colossians 2, 6 says this. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding with thanksgiving. Don't let anyone spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Christ dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. You are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in him. Let your roots go down into him. Your roots connected into Jesus will evidence itself in the participation and being part of a local body of believers naturally. But being a part of a local body of believers does not equal the idea that you are planted into Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, not the church not the, the pastor, not the evangelist, not the preacher, not the pope, not, not some priest, prophet, uh, anyone. There is no other source. But if you are planted into Jesus, you are planted in him, you understand that you are complete. And where your roots touch is the most important part of your Christian life. I know Christians that the, the, the limit of their experience is this house. Does God's word go out from this house? Yes. Does God's spirit abide in this house? Yes. Is his word taught? Yes. Is there the fellowship of the brethren? Yes. But your roots are not to connect to other roots. Your roots are supposed to go down into Jesus Christ, the person. Because what if this place burns down tomorrow? What if we disband? What if all of a sudden you're not allowed to meet together? You still have your ground, baby. Roots going down into him. It's the most important part of your Christian life. Rooted in Jesus personally, not proxy. My grandmother, best Christian I know, I don't know what I'm going to do without Nana. You better have roots into your own Savior. Because if your roots are in Grandma, get the mental picture. Your roots are in roots. You don't live that way. I trust that my ministry over the last 20 years has been beneficial to you, but I'm a horrible source for your roots to go into. I might can encourage you and teach and instruct, 
But I'm not the ground. Don't get it confused. You can't, you can't live connected to Jesus through proxy of a pastor. It don't work that way. Because I didn't die for you. I'm not your source. Rooted in Jesus personally. Rooted in him, evidenced by your being built up. Rooted in him, not the byproducts of him. Rooted in him intentionally. Rooted in him exclusively. Rooted in him, established in your own faith. How go your roots today? You have today the relationship with Jesus Christ that you want. And you will not have a tree any differently in correlation than how connected your roots are to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Oh, you can have a religious tree. You just can't have a Christian tree. You can have a moral tree. You just can't have a Christian tree. You can be a good family man. You can be a good mom, a good wife, a good worker, and have all these moral expressions of fruit. But when you bite them, they taste like man. But when you bite into the fruit of a Christian life, they don't talk about the man. They talk about the God of the man. And they say they took notice of them that they had been with Jesus. We're supposed to, when people bite into us, they're not supposed to be impressed with us. They're supposed to look heavenward and think about God. When they know where we've been from and what we used to be and how we changed, we don't tell our testimony in such a way that you think we're something. We tell our testimony in such a way that you think there must be power in a God that transcends this world. Where is your connection today? If you were to write down in order, let's just say the church, uh, Christian ministry, Christian television, Christian music, um, a family member that walked closely with the Lord, or Jesus himself. If anything is in front of Jesus himself, you have no connection at all. It's not a secondary. or the, It's all or nothing. You can't kind of be connected to Jesus Christ anymore than you can kind of be pregnant. Talking to a lady one time, she said, I'm kind of pregnant. What? Like you can kind of shoot a shotgun. You either are or you aren't. Well, I'm, I'm kind of connected to the Lord, you know. And are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm Baptist. I didn't ask you if you was Baptist. Yeah, I go to Christ Chapel. That didn't help you. As far as origins... You do a DNA test. If you exhumed my father's grave, who passed away in 1974, and you got DNA out of that, and you swabbed my mouth, swabbed my nose, and put, you would find out that I was his, not proxy, not trying to look like him, not trying to act like him. I was born of him. He gave me the blood. Life is in the blood. And the man, when he gets with the woman and gives seed, there's life in the blood. The man provides the blood. The woman provides the womb. And life is conceived. And your life comes from God or man. And make sure this morning that you, your roots go into Jesus Christ. It's the most important part of anything. It's the most imp- Before you get to expression and giftings and abilities, the root determines the tree. Number two, our roots are the primary part of us that receives. There are two types of roots, anchor roots 
and surface roots. And the surface roots are the feeders, is what they call them. They absorb water and inorganic nutrients, and they process what they need, and they store the rest. Roots are the only part of us that produce. You can take a root out of the ground. How many of y'all plant anything? We try. Kelly tries. We try. Watch it. It's just like you've bathed it in kerosene. It ain't going to live. We, we try. My wife can pick the prettiest thing out at Lowe's. Oh, she has a knack for it. And put it in front of our house, and it's like, just die. And I'm, I try to mix stuff up and pull stuff out, but she knows what she's doing. We just ain't had good luck with it. Could be we don't have time having 16.3 children. Uh, but you can put a stick in the ground. It don't do nothing. Break it off the tree full of leaves and fruit. Put it in the ground. See what it does. What does it do? Nothing. Just nothing. But put a root in the ground. And life, life comes from it. It can graft and start over. Beats all I've ever seen. I'll see ladies take this beautiful flower and pull a piece out. Got these little bitty, like, pieces of thread roots. Like, you killed it. And they'll look at you. You don't know what you're talking about. Because if I get the root in the ground and the root's okay. See, you're looking at that tired little <laughs> flower leaned all over. It's limp. Looks like wet pasta. She goes, no, but the roots are good. The roots are good. The roots are good. If the roots are good, okay, then it, it can reproduce. Roots, roots must have unlimited access to the things that they need. And they must be free from contaminants and poisons. Your roots, the surface roots, receive from Jesus on a consistent basis. May I teach you just a moment, just, just some practicals. Roots are drawing, your roots are drawing things you didn't even ask for. Because when we're connected to him, he's given us grace for what's going to happen Thursday. And you ain't got no idea it's coming, but you're drawing from the surface. That's why I love God's house, because there is rain that happens in God's house that doesn't happen in my quiet time. Just like there's rain that happens in my quiet time that doesn't happen in God's house. And I know that I need to get my surface roots near the things it needs. And there's showers of blessings in God's house. The surface roots must have exposure to the nutrients that they need. And you're receiving from God on a constant basis. Sometimes you know it. You turn on the car radio, you're going to work, and your song comes on. Anybody got that sloppy, nasty cry in the car? Song comes on and you all up against the windshield, just, just everything coming out and the people running off the road looking at you. And we got our worshipers that take both hands off the wheel. Quit. Put one hand back on the wheel. But you're receiving through song. And someone will just post a line on Facebook. And you go, God, that ministered to me. And by the way, P.S. has nothing to do with the sermon. Don't spread your death on Facebook. Wishing today was the last of whatever. By the time you read that, you feel your whole flower dying. It's just, just, just a side note. But our roots are constantly receiving from God. Those surface roots. And if they're not healthy, they're not receiving. And some Christians have fell trapped to the idea of false humility, which means that all they do is give. And in their nobility, they're killing themselves because to live, you've got to give and receive. Receive from people. Receive their expressions, their words, their gifts. I remember several years ago when the Lord showed me, he said, you don't receive from people because you're filled with pride. 
I was so afraid that you would think I was one of those preachers that tries to get something from someone that I never got anything from anyone. And for them to be healthy, they need to give. And for me to be healthy, I need to give. And you know you're doing well when your surface roots receive. So if God's laid on someone's heart to bless you at work, and they say, hey, I just felt like the Lord told me today to take you out to lunch. No, no, we'll have none of that. Well, you've harmed them and harmed you because at lunch, you might have heard something in the conversation where God pulled the drape back and said, told you I loved you. How are your surface roots today? How are you in receiving? Do you let people love you? Do you let people enjoy you? Do you let God, are you, thank you. One of the greatest things you can ever do, and I'm going to show you the balance. You don't ever manipulate to get anything. But everything that comes your way, I read it to you in the text, abounding with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One of my favorite things my wife does, it's very subtle, but it just, it's something about it. It's almost like the bookends of the attitude of our heart. I will, I'll be in our car. We've done this hundreds of times and there's a bunch of little things, but especially in the car, I'll get in it. And the other day we got in with our, all our kids in the back and strapped them in this nice car that works, that cranks. What a novel idea that you get a car that cranks and works. It's just a beautiful car. And I get in it, thank you, Lord. And she'll say, Thank you, Lord. That receiving from God through other people and being thankful keeps the roots alive. How are you when somebody tries to do something for you? Are you so filled with pride and false humility that you make them suffer getting the gift to you? Now, if you're working them to get the gift, that's a whole nother sermon and you need not only repentance, but therapy. How are your surface roots? Can you sit through a surface, a service and not feel the rain? I love watching flowers when the rain comes out and they'll, they'll literally turn towards, you know. I want to be one. I don't want one thing God doesn't have for me. But I want everything he's trying to give me. Because he knows what I need. You don't look to people. You look to God, but be open to people. Because I'll tell you something I've learned. It's not in the Bible. It's what I've learned. When God gets ready to heal you, he uses people. When God gets ready to heal you, he often uses people. Number three. Our roots must have anchor roots that travel deep into the soil. Our roots must have anchor roots. The surface roots keep you going day to day. The anchor roots keep you during tragedy and trial. Surface roots. If all you have is anchor roots, I'm firm in Jesus. I'm not receiving nothing else. You're going to do a slow death. Slow death over time. People ask you, you okay? You okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. And your tree just all drying up. But if you don't have any anchor roots, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine till the storm comes. You're just blown away. Two types, surface roots and anchor roots. And your, your roots must go deep into the soil of Jesus Christ. Surface roots seem to happen naturally in the Christian life. But anchor roots resemble our choices. I want to say that again. Surface roots kind of happen naturally. We need kindness. 
I need you, some people, I need you to like me. I need you to be sweet to me. They kind of happen naturally, but anchor roots really happen through our choices over time. You can get a surface root overnight, but you can't get an anchor root except through time. And I equate the anchor roots in a tree to our choices. Let me give them to you. Every time you choose to obey God's word over your carnal impulses, go on and eat the whole pizza. Eat the whole pizza, baby. You deserve it. And you leave one slice on the table and you got victory. Every time, that's not a real reason, by the way. Every time you deny an impulse and choose to honor the Lord Jesus, your roots go down just a little bit. Every time a lust comes upon you and you deny the lust, your roots go down. You know that person at work that you wish you could not be a Christian for about five minutes? Just five minutes. Take them out back and say, I've been dreaming about this a long time. See, they, they feel they have a false sense of security because they think we've always been Christians. We wasn't always Christian. I could cuss you out for 10 minutes and not say the same word twice. We who communicate on this end, we could communicate back then too. And every time you deny yourself and that person just needs to be told off and you go, hmm, because you got a Christ Chapel shirt on. All right, this ain't in my notes. I got to hold my place. Have you ever done this? I, I, I don't know if you've got, not Christ Chapel shirt, but I, I'll go to say something. I'll be in a line at Kroger or Publix or something. And I'll go, dang. <laughs> or, you know, they know who you are and you can't do it. Anyway, that just makes me feel good to confess my faults. Ain't got nothing to do with the sermon. I'll go, you lucky I got this shirt on today. All right. Every time you choose to esteem somebody else more important than you do yourself, your roots go down. Every time you do anything for the sole purpose of bringing glory to Jesus, whether it's worship, service, gift, teaching the kids, working with the missionettes, the Royal Rangers, anytime you do anything for the glory of the Lord, your roots go down. Every time you verbally proclaim your love and allegiance to Jesus Christ, publicly. I don't mean you go into your office with a King James Bible being pulled in on a dolly. That's not what I'm talking about. You know what's your best testimony? Work. If you at work, work. But oh, when the time comes and you're at break and you're sitting at the table and they're blaspheming, blaspheming the name of your Savior, you step in and say, you wouldn't talk about him like that if you knew who he was. Oh, you wanted him? Yup. I have this conversation all the time. Not that angrily. I always modified a little bit. Oh, you one of them Christian Christians. Yep. So do you believe in the rapture? Yep. Are you one of them people talks in tongues? Yep. And I'm not weird either. P.S. Weird is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It just ain't. But I'm not embarrassed of him. And every time I publicly proclaim him, knowing that as soon as I walk away, they're going to talk about him, talk about me, my roots go down just a little bit. Say what you want to say. I will not deny her. She's mine. I will not deny my babies. They're mine. And I will not deny my Savior. He is mine and I am his. And I'm not embarrassed of him. 
Every time you digest the word of God, every time you apply the word of God to your life, or you seek out or encounter the person of Jesus Christ, every time there's encounter, your roots go down. Every time you suffer for doing right, every time you keep your word to your own harm. I don't know who this is, but I felt a real strong push when I was preparing this because in the last several years, this is where I've lived, having to keep my word to my own harm. And you just wish you'd could be like everybody else and just walk away from the problem and let something go and it'll benefit you. But there are people in this room, you're keeping your word to your own harm and you think it's for nothing, but your roots are going down. Every time you do right, just because it's right, your roots are going down. Every time you deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Jesus, your roots are going down. You must have anchor roots that go way down and you can't get them in two weeks. That's the, that was the number one frustration for me when I first got saved. I wanted to be a live oak, and I was that little classroom tree that they got in the window. Roots take time. You can't make them grow faster, but you can slow them down. You know how you slow them down? By pulling them up or not giving them the nutrients they need. You know what your roots need? Jesus. You know what you need? Jesus. Do you know what your life needs? Jesus. Do you know what your source should be? Jesus. And if you choose him and his word, your roots will go down deep. Number four, your roots can become damaged in ways you probably would not consider. Some guys will understand this. There's some trees who the roots in your yard, you go to mow, and if you've got your rider set on one or two, and it shouldn't be, and you hear that, it's one of two things. You know, you've scalped the root and then you got to check and see if that blade's been moved. Because if it's out of balance, the cook at Waffle House can hear it. It hits the, it hits the side of that, uh, what do you call it? A little deck. But if you hit that root, it don't look like nothing's happened, but you get it good enough. You damage that root good enough. And some of the major roots, not all, but some trees' major roots are on the surface. And you damage that root, an infection can get in or a parasite can get in. And you don't think a tree is getting infected. And it'll look fine for a long time, but then it'll start to die. And it didn't die when you noticed that it died. It died when the root was damaged. Now give me just a second here. Some of us, the devil has tried to take us out, not through our choices, but other people's choices that have affected us. And you were hurt. I see the void in my wife's life from an absentee dad. And it chopped off a part of her heart when she was a little girl. And I can't fix it. No one can fix it. It's a wound. And if it's not addressed, it can affect. And I see her reach out and kindness and Father's Day cards and she can't fix the relationship but what she does is she keeps cleaning that root so that there's no infection and there's no awe and no unforgiveness invited to her wedding didn't talk to her in years and he came to her wedding and that was not because of who he was that was because of who she is keep the root clean and some of us have had things happen to us and we're still not well we still have nightmares. We can't shake it. 
It has affected us. And I want to tell you, as someone that's no stranger, not had it worse than you, I'm not saying that, but I'm no stranger to pain and damaged roots. Let me tell you this. Way more people on your row have damaged roots than you realize. That happens to all of us by ill-meaning people and well-meaning people. But if you don't take care of your roots, no one will. You've got to make sure that they're okay, even if they've been topped off. Wrap them up. Clean them out. Pray for those that use you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Bless them that curse you. Bless and curse not. Because your tree's at stake. Do you know if you put four inches of soil on top of a root system and you compact it, you can kill a tree? And some of you have got four inches of stuff between you and the light of God's presence and you're dying. It's not even a bad thing. It's just a thing. You don't ever put too much topsoil on top of a root system. There has to be just enough to block the direct sun, but enough to hold nutrients. And some of us need to scrape away some of this stuff that's between us and the Lord. And it can be good stuff. Too much family. And you know I'm pro-family in every way. But too much family can keep you from the Lord. Too much work, even if you have a wonderful work ethic and God is blessing you, you need just enough soil. Don't kill your tree by something that's a good thing. Too much water. We have a little place in Lake Wildwood and Kelly and I planted a Yoshino cherry tree. You had to take out a mortgage to buy the thing. It was very expensive. I guess they ship them from wherever they come, China or something. Uh, Yoshino, that's Chinese, Japanese, something foreign. It's, uh, it's not in middle Georgia. <laughs> and I planted it and I didn't because I don't know anything about planting. I just kept socking the water to it, baby. And I did notice when we dug it out, it took two days to dig a hole because it was solid clay. And I didn't think I was making a kaolin mine pit while I'm watering it. But I watered the clay <laughs> so much. We were walking by the tree and you go... Hey, day, the tree stinks. <laughs> Underneath the surface, I go to pull this dead rascal up. These roots are like an uh, infamil bottle that's been under the seat of your car for about two months. And by the way, I know what that smells like now. It'll make you drop to one knee. And that's before you take the lid off. <laughs> well, John, too much water. What do you mean too much water? Too much of the Lord? Too much of the Lord can harm you? If all you do is hold it for you, yes, we are not the Dead Sea that takes water in and holds it in. It'll kill you. All that grace and you're not giving it to nobody else. All that goodness and you don't give it to nobody else. We're supposed to take just enough and give it away. Just enough and give it away so that our life glorifies the Lord. I don't need the church. just me and Jesus. I've met your kind. May I hit this demon for just a minute? I don't need... It's me and the Lord. Sound like a child. Long as I get what I need. To hell with everybody else. I'm part of a local church for one reason. 
Not only do I need you. See, my roots go out into this. There might be something in my life you need. And our lives are supposed to be bigger than ourselves. Oh, I hit something in, didn't I? Mm. Let me get on to my notes. Some of you lost your joy on that one. We'll just back up. Ben, would you come up for me, please? Be careful of your roots being damaged. Sometimes it will not show up till years later, but you know what's the cause of it. Number five, and this is critical. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but this is critical. Your roots, just like a tree's roots, are supposed to be up to four times bigger than the tree. Your roots are supposed to be bigger than your tree. What's invisible is supposed to be bigger than what's visible in your life. And many Christians I know, it's the other way around. Everything on the surface looks great. And they got about that much in Jesus. What you don't see below the surface is supposed to be substantially stronger, healthier, and more complex than what you see above the surface. Here you go. The character below the surface is supposed to exceed the giftings above the surface. The commitment in your life below the surface is supposed to far exceed the service that you render above the surface. The preparation below the surface is supposed to exceed the success that's visible above the surface. The health below the surface is supposed to exceed the beauty witnessed above the surface. And the tree below the tree below the f- surface is to exceed the tree above the surface. Listen to this. You are known on earth by what is above the surface. But you are known in heaven by what is beneath the surface. And if you were to take a crane and dig up a healthy tree, a healthy one, in its prime, no infection, surface roots are working, anchor roots are working. You see this huge tree and underneath the ground, the roots, if they were to be stretched out, let's say the tree was this section, it would go to the walls on the other way. What does yours look like today? The Lord really challenged me this week. And I don't enjoy this part. But but the Bible says if you confess your faults one to another, you may even be healed from it. For many years, my root system was bigger than my tree. And as I examine myself, it's not as proportionate as it once was. That's where this sermon comes from. I want what you don't see to be greater than what you do see. So that the tree, my life that he planted in Macon, Georgia, like your tree, would accomplish for the duration that he's planted. What's yours look like? Nobody answer. We're maybe upside down in this thing. And did you know you can go get along with the Lord and ask him and he can turn it right side up? You can't do it without killing the tree, but he can. He's the master of creation. He's the master of it. And finally, your roots 
determine how you make it through tragedy. The Bible speaks of the man that hears the words of God and does them. And he's like a, a, a man that dug down to the foundation. It said dug, dug deep. So roots dig deep. And the rains came. And the river overflowed and beat against his house. And other people's houses fell. There was still construction. The house looked just, see here it is. house looked just like this other person's house. But this one had foundation. It was built upon a rock. Are you prepared for what's coming? I am not a negative person. I'm an optimist at every corner. But if you've got one eye open, you understand that our economic system is going to collapse. It's math. They don't have no feelings. You, something simple as your checking account, if you overdraft, they charge you a service charge. If you're overdrafted by $10, that's one thing. If you're overdrafted by $17 trillion, okay, what are you going to do when it's not only a crime to gather together, but when they take your children because you name the name of Jesus? What are you going to do when persecution reaches your front door? What are you going to do when you're diagnosed with cancer or your baby is in critical condition? I have learned that in that moment, I can't grow roots in that moment. But I can lean on the ones I got. Is there anyone here today that made it through a storm that killed somebody else close by you? They should have lost, we should have lost our mind and we, we didn't. I know people, I know people that put the gun in their mouth and pulled it back out. And they said, I don't know what to tell you except I just felt like I could make it. There's something, it's that root system, man. And you, you can taste the storm when the storm beats its way into your life and it reveals, listen, storms don't create faith, they expose faith. Them roots won't fail you either. My daughter Kylie asked me one day in an interview, it was a youth intern kind of thing and we were sitting talking and she said, can I ask you something, Dad? I said, sure. She goes, what are you most proud of in the ministry? Without thinking, without thinking. It was like, like a reflex. I said, that I didn't quit. You know why? Roots, baby. Roots. And so this morning's message is one to stir you, to challenge, to encourage you, but to refocus. Let's don't get the sun part right and the ambassador part right and the servant part right and miss the tree part. How are you today? Are you ready? Do you need to make a couple adjustments? Know this, that if your surface roots and your anchor roots work, you're fine. You're fine. Come what may. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be like a tree planted. Who does the planting? God. By rivers of living water. They're not careful in the year of drought. Neither do they see shielding fruit. Trees of righteousness. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you close your eyes for just a moment? I know there's some of us that got to go get along with the Lord today in private. But would you acknowledge just the main things? Is it, Lord, I'm not a receiver. I just... I don't receive from you. I don't receive from others. Or 
Lord, my roots are bruised or wounded. And Lord, I'm self-centered and mine are just saturated and they're, they're going rotten. Or Lord, I live carnally and my roots aren't going down. Whatever the case may be, I feel this in my spirit for people today. Fix me, Lord. Fix me, Lord. Fix me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. Change me, Lord. For your glory. For your glory. For your glory. For your glory, Lord. Would you look this way one more time before we're dismissed? I feel like I'm, I don't know if it's one person or ten. When you're in the real storms, I've had my tree blow all the way to where it touches the ground on that side. And where this type breaks down, and it's not applicable, is in the natural, if the wind's strong enough, the tree gives way, and you'll see a huge tree up on its side with the roots exposed. That don't happen to Christians. Because you can't pull Jesus up. He's already got up. We're attached to a firm foundation. Our anchor is within the veil on the other side of heaven. And you may be blown against so hard that your feet come up off the ground, but you're unmovable. Because Jesus never fails. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.